You're listening to the Strong Roots Podcast, the show about strengthening our roots with discussions about health and wealth with your host, Carrie B. Carrie will cover a wide range of topics ranging from gut health to changing habits to managing our money. And just like life, you never know what this podcast is going to throw at you. And now here's your host, Carrie B. Welcome to another edition of Wine and Dime Combined with Strong Roots. We are here today to talk about the psychology of money. So joining me on the show once again is Carrie Bean. Welcome, Carrie. Hello, hello. And if you listened to last month's edition, you know that I was actually at Carrie's house and we are recording this once again at her house. So if you hear a lot of laughter in the background, it's just because we actually see each other and we're (laughs) laughing at each other. (laughs) There's been lots of laughter as part of our time together. Um, So we mentioned at the last podcast recording that, you know, the psychology of money is something that a lot of people don't think about. It's something that um, the core of our spending really is about our upbringing, our psychology, Um, And for people that don't know about the hierarchy of psychology or the hierarchy of needs. So there's this, this guy calls Maslow and he created this hierarchy of needs and we can relate it to money just as much as we can relate it to uh, psychology and the decisions that we make just in life in general. So um, Carrie, what are some of the things that you think about when you think about the psychology of money? Um. Once again, the first word that comes to my mind is emotion. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I don't know if I'm using it out of, out of term or whatever, but I just think about how I personally spend money and how I make decisions and how whatever mind state I'm in oftentimes will affect it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think as you grow and get older too, you, you start realizing some of those behaviors and recognize them and stuff. And I think it would have been helpful if I had known some of these things when I were younger and being able to recognize why, when, and what we spend money on and, and the, the things that we value versus what we are spending our money on. So that's just the kind of things that come to mind. Um, and we actually offer this whole course about the psychology of money to those that have signed up for our fiscal fitness club service and one of the things that we tell them along those lines, I agree, money is so emotional. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think even those of us that teach it have moments of um, needing somebody to guide us and, and kind of walk us down off from the, I hate to say the ledge because it's not that bad, but, you know, take away the emotion of the spending that we have, right? Mm-hmm. And if anybody has ever looked at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, that there's basically five steps to that. The very bottom is survival. And then it goes up to safety and security, love and belonging, self-esteem and self-actualization. So I know with, when I talk to people a lot about survival, um, you know, we, when you're in survival mode and most of us that are probably listening to this podcast are not there, but when you're in survival mode, you're thinking about, basic, basic things like shelter and eating and all of those kinds of things. Um, that's basic survival. And I know when I've taught this class before, one of the things that I've said to people is, you know, as a person sitting in this class, you probably aren't going to steal food. 
you're probably not gonna, um, you know, go into a grocery store. That's generally not the personality trait that you're going to carry or action that you're going to carry through. But if Carrie, if you think about your kids, if you didn't have the ability to feed your kids, if you didn't have the money Mm -hmm. to buy food for them, I bet you'd steal it. I bet I would. I would in a heartbeat. Yeah. Just so they would survive. Right. It's those basic things. And we don't do things rationally when Mm -hmm. we're in survival, right? Yeah. So most of us, fortunately, are outside that survival. Mm -hmm. We've got our basic survival needs met. But if we don't think we do, Mm -hmm. then we don't behave as if we do. Yeah. I would kind of sort of bet that most people listening to this haven't had to do those things. But it does make you think about, or at least for me, it makes me go back in time and think about when I first got married and and whenever I was first pregnant, we didn't make very much money mm-hmm. at all. And I think about the decisions that we made about how we spent our money and we survived okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely did without a lot of things, but still, it, I don't think it fell into the survival category. Mm-hmm. Um, we were making it. We never went hungry. We definitely made decisions differently than we do now. And sometimes I, I miss that mm-hmm. ability to be more frugal um, <laughs> because I definitely was. But anyway, that's what I think of when I think of survival. And when we're talking and, and when you do things like this, everybody thinks about themselves Mm -hmm. and thinks about their own story and I go back to you know living in that apartment and not having a lot of money and those decisions that we made and how we make them and we survived okay Mm -hmm. you know they were hard I mean you probably saw other people doing things that you wanted to be doing but um, and you might have wanted something right now but you Mm -hmm. didn't do it they're hard but the basic Food, shelter, clothing was might not have been top notch, but it right. was there. You you had all of those items yes. available to your fingertips, I guess you want to say, mm-hmm. relatively speaking. And then the next stage is safety and security. Um, gosh, you know, I talk about when I'm doing this presentation, this is where I get stuck. Yeah. So safety and security is really about um there, okay, so there is true safety and security, but then there's the psychological safety and security, right? So the psychological safety and security is the bag lady syndrome. That's what I call it. I am terrified to this day, even though I make decent money. Um, Brent and I, you know, are comfortable. We're frugal, but we spend our money on, you know, places more so mm-hmm. than anything else. But I am terrified that I'm going to be bag lady. <laughs> and so I spend my money, sometimes people would call it, you know, like that I don't share or that yeah. I don't give enough. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, I think, well, I'll put my oxygen mask on first because that's what they tell you to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, so I get stuck in safety and security quite yeah. often. I don't, you know... I definitely, there's a safety zone and security zone that I know that makes me feel better. And that's something that we're working on. Um, You know, Alan and I 
personally are working on as far as our financial plan, one of our most important things right now is our, what you might call emergency fund. It's something that we, over the course of the last few years, have used some of, and that causes me to lose sleep at night. So I think that that definitely probably falls into the safety and security of it. Don't necessarily have the fear of becoming a bag lady. <laughs> I probably naively think that um, I don't. I like to work, so I'm just like gonna work until I, you know, can work myself into safety and security. So I don't have the fear of being a bag lady. Mm. I think maybe it's just a different fear of something bad happening mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not being prepared for that. Like I, this is silly, but our our bedroom is by the air conditioning unit. So when I'm stressed about money, I lay there and think, it's running. It'll be all right. That air conditioner's running. <laughs> it's 100 degrees outside. And and I, if it goes out, do I got to, you know, those are the kind of things yeah. that I think about as my safety and security. Could I survive without my air conditioner unit? Sure. But when I start thinking about safety and security, I think about, do I have enough money to pay for whatever scenario I make up that day, that's yeah. an emergency. Mm-hmm. You know, if something happens to one of our vehicles or if something happens to whatever, you know, the the problem is of the day. But you know, those are the things that I lay in bed mm-hmm. and think about. Do I have enough money to cover those expenses? Mm-hmm. So that's what safety and security means to me. I think Amy definitely falls into the, <laughs> the safety and security um category. Yeah. We spend our, I mean, Brett and I are very fortunate because we do have very similar psychology around money. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm in one realm and he's in another. Um, In fact, I think he would probably spend even less to be completely honest. Um, But I, but I do worry like, and and I love what I do and people will ask when I'm going to retire. I'm like, well, gosh, I hope I can work for a long time. And it's not so much for the money for me on that perspective as it is that I actually love what I do. Mm But I do have this, like, I think too, I saw my great grandmother and my grandmother, they like struggled in their later years. They didn't have the privilege of doing some of the things that I think that I want to be doing and am doing even today. And so I don't want to have to live like that. And I don't want to have to make medical decisions on, well, you know, is the insurance company going to cover it? No, I want to make a medical decision based on a conversation I have with my doctor and I, yet I'm so like afraid that there's going to be, that money isn't going to be there. And Mm -hmm. and it's not logical. I mean, I realize that and it's not, we're not on the edge of going, you know, penniless either. Mm -hmm. We've saved well, we have good amounts of money in the bank, you know, we're smart with our money. Um, we, we have conversations often about money, but when I, um, I read the description of the different, you know, hierarchy, hierarchy of needs, I'm like, oh yeah, that is totally me. Mm -hmm. That is totally me. And then when you look at love and belonging, so love and belonging, um, we had a conversation, a pretty good conversation about that, Carrie, I think in the car the other day when we were talking about, well, what is love and belonging? Um, you know, love and belonging is when people use their money to show their love. Mm-hmm. And like, it, like I said, while I go, you think of yourself so much when, when you're talking about these kind of things, I automatically think of Alan because he's 
and I'm assuming that he falls into this category. He could probably fall into multiple ones, but he's he's one of those people, and you can tell me if I'm wrong that I'm putting him in this category, but he he will if if I say I want something mm-hmm. or this is what I think we should do, he's automatically on my bandwagon. And I don't know if that's a sign of, you know, extreme support, but if I said, Hey, I think we should buy this or do this. And he thought that it was going to make me happy. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what it costs. Mm -hmm. He will do it. You know, even though (laughs) I, yesterday I told him, Hey, the most important thing right now for us is to build up our emergency savings. (laughs) If tomorrow I said, hey, I really want this, or I really need this, or I think this would be great, he's more than likely going to say, okay. Yeah. Because he's just that, that's how he is with me. And sometimes it's not good. Right. And where, if you go back to that safety and security, Brent and I would both probably, if I said something like that, and I had said the day before, we really need to get our emergency fund he would probably say, I thought you said our number one priority was mm-hmm. emergency fund. And I would say the same thing. Like mm-hmm. that's just, but, but I totally get it. Um, you know, I definitely have family members that they, they show their love at their own detriment often, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you know, by, by buying things, that's the way that they do it. And it's often when we're working with clients and when we're coaching through our fiscal fit, well, through anything, whether it's individual financial planning and coaching, or if it's through the club, we want people to be aware that this is where we often see people be unable to make changes. Mm -hmm. They associate so much of their giving with love Mm -hmm. that when we say to them, we're not going to tell you how to spend your money. That's your decision, but we're going to tell you how you should be saving your money. Like that's, that's where our expertise comes into play. And they will cut out other things, but they will not cut out gifts. Yeah. Well, and that, that's a trait that I think it's a good trait that Alan has because I think I had told you the other story about Alan had a friend that could possibly be in need. Yeah. And I, in real, in real life, not in just telling this story, we have had this conversation about our emergency savings. Well, his friend he could foresee a potential need like um, he saw a problem arising and he saw his friend may need some money and that he comes to me and he's like, Hey, we may need to loan so-and-so some money. And mm-hmm. my instant reaction was we need to put on our own oxygen mask. Yep, yep. We need to be, you know, we need to be, you know, we're not, we're not in a position to be loaning money, even though he knew we had the money it fell back into safety and security. Yep. If I loan this money to someone else, I now don't feel comfortable. So for me, it was about safety and security. For Alan, it was about, I don't care if I have to work another job, I want to help this person. And so I think he is such a great example of, he just, has, he, it doesn't matter, you know, to him. He will make his sacrifices for himself yep. to, because he loves other people that much. Yeah. So I think that's a great example of, you know, the safety and security and then love and belonging. And, and when you say love and belonging, I don't think it means he wants people to love him or feel belonged. I think it's 
just where his personality falls in in there. It's just a matter of he genuinely cares about people yeah. and he will do whatever he can at his own sacrifice. Yeah. And that's really the definition of love and belonging is that sometimes it's about um, putting on their oxygen mask first. He, and I've met Alan. I spent the weekend with him, with you, and he's definitely um, very caring and very giving and he's going to sacrifice and not even realize that he's mm-hmm. sacrificing his own well-being at times for that of mm-hmm. others. And that's right. just, it's just, just it's who he, and, and a lot of times it stems from, you know, just things that we've seen in our lives and our upbringing. But if we're aware of it, yeah. And like, you know, you and I were joking about it. Like, I'm like, Oh no, that's my safety and security. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that is something that you can have a conversation with your spouse about. So when he's doing something like that, you have the option to say, yep, typical love and belonging, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and for him being able to say and laugh about it because, yeah. because a lot of times, because there's so much emotion behind it, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, you can't. It, yeah. And it was one of those things where it was so important to him yeah. to help his friend that I decided, okay, I'm going to give up this much money out of yeah. my safety and security because it is so important to him. Because it may be me later. Yeah. Maybe, you know, yeah. six months down the road, it, the, the table may be turned. So I was willing to give up my safety and security or to something that he... Per- perceived safety Yeah, and perceived yeah, safety yeah, and yeah. security. Just... Because I can see how important it was to him. And I think too, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think too that um, if if you had, if Alan had sat through this class and you had said, Alan, I just want to bring your attention to the fact that this sounds like love and belonging. Let's talk through this. And here's how I'm feeling about it. Yeah. Because again, it's money is so emotional Mm -hmm. and you might have ultimately still said, I'm willing to give up some of my perceived safety and soundness for this love and belonging, but Alan might have stepped back and looked at it and said, Oh, this is a very emotional thing for mm-hmm. me. And there's probably people that would never in a million years think that he fit. Like he, he's that type of person because he, while he's very uh, loyal and, mm-hmm. and, and fits all those categories, 90% of the people have no idea that that's the kind of person he is because yeah. It's just one of those things like it's perception, I guess. It's perception. Yeah. And somebody listening to this might think, I could never imagine Alan being that fallen into a love and belonging category, but yeah. it's it's where he fall it's it's where he fell for that particular thing. So And we waffle as people, we waffle back and forth into right. these categories. But I think if people thought of Brent, they would definitely say that Brent is, you know, a frugal individual. But you honestly think that, you know, like our property down in Florida, that wasn't a Brent decision. That was an Amy decision. <laughs> and and Brent's love for Amy um allowed us to spend that kind of, you know, money and resources. Um because he knew how important it was to me. So I do think we waffle back and forth Mm -hmm. into those various areas. But I will say that the love and belonging area is probably one of the most challenging people or challenging areas when we're coaching people and can create 
the biggest arguments between couples when we see them. <laughs> oh yeah. It makes, you know what else it makes me think of? Not just couples. It makes me think about when my kids were little and my mother mm. and it didn't matter what something cost. She yeah. would, you know, spend money on something completely unnecessary. And yeah. I think it's that, that same thing. Just, Whatever they want. Yep. Yep. And that's a definite, that's a key love and belonging. Yeah. 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 So then the next step is self-esteem. This is a very interesting level of Maslow's hierarchy because um, when people have to spend money to, um, again, it's perception, right? To feel better. Um that can be a bit of an issue because if we're working with people who are trying to get their expenses under control, uh, but they go get their nails done often, or mm-hmm. they go um, shopping for the latest clothes, or you know they have to drive the best car, that is an image. That's a big image. Mm-hmm. And to tell them to shift that, mm-hmm. that's pretty challenging. I feel like I can, I can relate to this so, so much because I don't have, as I get, as I've gotten older, I would say my self-esteem's gotten a lot better, but I think I'm not, and I'm not even that big of a shopper, but I am a person like, I want to feel good. Yeah. And so. How do I look good? Yeah. 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 How do I look good and feel good and not go broke? (laughs) Yeah. So, and there are, there are things that I think about. I have, like, I can remember and it's not very far back and it happens multiple times. If you ever go somewhere and you feel not dressed nice enough or not good enough or or whatever the feeling that you have, and then you come home and you... For me, I, I can't really get in the car and or I can't just drive somewhere and hardly go shopping. You have to drive like a long ways to go shopping. You could always get online, but but just those emotions and those feelings that you go through when your self-esteem takes a hit, you can really do yourself some damage financially mm-hmm. if you let if you don't recognize those feelings about yourself and think, How am I gonna feel if I spend all my money to make myself feel better temporarily? Versus, you know, the laying up at night, staying awake at night for an actual emergency. Because sometimes our feelings aren't emergencies, even though they feel like it in the moment. So that's, and that's just one, and it seems vain. Yeah, I know. It, it does seem vain, but it's it's real and it happens. So, you know. And you could you could come up with a million examples. Oh my gosh, like the gray in my hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I can sit here and come up with examples that aren't vain. Yeah, you yeah. know, things that happen to our self esteem that have nothing to do with yeah. looks. You know, so well, that's. And if you ever hear Carol um do this class, one of the things that she always said around self esteem is that you know, I, and I can't remember the exact cookie, but she always says that. Um, oh, I think it was from Nordstrom's. That's what it is. Like, you know, she joked that her self-esteem came from Nordstrom's, came from a box in Nordstrom's, that whenever she was a kid and she was being teased, teased, her mom would say, let's go shopping. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for her, 
that self-esteem connection to shopping was based on the fact that that's what she was taught very early on mm-hmm. was that if you're feeling blue, go shop. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it could be little influences like that. Mm-hmm. And again, people don't necessarily realize why they're doing it. Um, but once they do, once we go through this whole class about it, then we'll ask people to, to sort of take a moment and say, what is this spending really about? Does this really match my goals that I told Amy and Carrie about? Yeah. Um, or is it self-esteem or is it, you know, and then dig deeper if it is, because why are you feeling that way? And I'm just as guilty about that. You know, people always think that I am so confident or they often, you know, say, oh, you're so confident. You have such great confidence. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you aren't there with the dark moments. Mm-hmm. You aren't there when I'm questioning, um, you know, it, I feel confident about the financial planning that we do within the business. I feel really confident about that. But running a business at times, you know, you've run mm-hmm. couple businesses. Um, you have those questions. Am I making the right decision for the firm? Am I making the right mm-hmm. decision for the people that work with me? You know, it's not just my life, but it's theirs. And it, and it also is all of our clients. Like any decision I make around the business is also yeah. affecting our clients. Is this the right decision mm-hmm. for all of those people? I have moments where I fortunately now have the whole team that I can go out to and say, well, what do you guys think about that? So it's not just like me, but, mm-hmm. but it definitely, you know, it's, it's hard for me to even do that sometimes. And I find that when I'm really stressed, um, I don't spend money per se, but I can definitely go to the refrigerator and, yeah. you know, do that. So, yeah. I don't know. Like I also think about too, like when you have kids or family members that have a bad day, mm-hmm. how that can affect you too. You know, even if you say you have a great Sunday and you've planned your whole week and you've planned your meals and you've mm-hmm. got your life planned out, well, you have a bad day on Thursday. Mm-hmm. How do you control yourself and not derail your plan? Mm-hmm. You know, and I know meal planning is a minor thing and it doesn't, you know, going out to mm-hmm. eat may not cost you a lot of money one time. Mm-hmm. But if you don't recognize those behaviors, mm-hmm. that can derail your plan for the whole month. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. Yeah. And then the final step is what's called self-actualization. So self-actualization is where our money matches our values really strongly. And again, I will go up to that. Like I am definitely somebody who gets to self-actualization. You know, I I waffle back and forth between that self-actualization and that safety and security. Um, But I do feel like um, Brent and I do spend our money where our values are for the most part. But you know, I have these waffling moments of, okay, you know, my dollar is going in the right place and I feel good about the way we're saving and the way that we're spending. And then I have the bad legs. So, so when we talk to people about, um, you know, self-actualization, that's really what we're trying to get them to, mm-hmm. right? We're asking them how, how you're spending your dollars. How does that match your values and goals? And that's why I always say we never tell people how to spend their money because, and I've joked with you about this. Like, mm-hmm. if you looked at our, like, how we spend our money, we're definitely, you know, we have two properties that we keep. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody were to look at our ratios, they'd say, wow, you have a lot going towards housing. But that, that totally matches our values. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's acceptable because I'm not complaining about the cost of those two houses. Right. I'm enjoying mm-hmm. the cost of those two houses. Yeah. 
Or if somebody looked at our wine spending, you know, (laughs) they would say, wow, you're spending way too much on wine. I'm like, well, yeah, but we don't go out to eat a lot. We enjoy it. Brent and I will grab a bottle of wine. We'll sit on our patio or we'll sit on our island and we'll spend time with each other. Now I've seen you and Alan, you know, you have a, a, what do you call that? Four by four, like the razor. Oh, we call it a Rano. Rano. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, but that, you know, those aren't, those match your values Mm because you guys spend time with the family on that. Yeah. Yeah. That is definitely a it's but a wow, but it matches your values. Right. Yeah. It's important for, for Alan, his way sometimes of, of, you know, making peace with the world <laughs> is to get outdoors, mm-hmm. you know, and, and for him going hunting or fishing or something like that, you know, that's his ability to, that, that's his wine drinking. Yep. That's his, that's right. his escape. Yep. And so that's something we have spent money on. Right. Yeah. And, but it, but I think it's a self-actualization mm-hmm. spend because it matches the values of your family time together right. yes. or his serenity, mm-hmm. you know, his core value of, I mean, cause he takes the kids out mm-hmm. with that. He takes you out with that. And, and you guys don't do big, you know, trips, vacation trips. And even the ones you do do are, I mean, you were telling me about this vacation that you have coming up and I'm thinking, all right, I need your friends because <laughs> <laughs> you guys are spending for a family because you, and you're also taking an extra friend along less than $1,200 for a whole week vacation, including food. Well, we'll see when I come back. Yeah, well, well, we do. But it's easy when you have a group of people, you're sharing a house and you happen to be going with one of your best friends that's yeah. a great person that can cook on a budget. Yeah. And so but that makes still, it helpful. Yeah. And it, but it's fun. So, so folks, um, we just want to mention once again that um, you, what you've heard is 30 minutes of Carrie and I bantering back and forth about the psychology of money. We actually have a class that we offer that is over an hour. Um, it's actually two um, 30 minute sessions. Uh, so we'd encourage you to sign up for class if you're interested. If you're um, a client of ours, all you need to do is let us know and we'll give you access to that information. If you're not, then you can go out to our website, go under the Fiscal Fitness Club um, offering. And uh, sometimes we do offer this class for free. You can certainly register there. If you're already a club member, then you can have access to this class. Um, And if you have any questions that you'd like to throw in our mailbag session, which we're going to have in the future, Email those questions to info at rootedpg.com or send them off to Carrie, which is K-E-R-R-I-E at rootedpg.com. And we'll be sure to uh, to answer those questions in the future on uh, future podcasts that we have. So for now, signing off and hopefully uh, you all learned a little bit about yourselves and the psychology of money. And that will about wrap up this episode of the Strongers Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to tune in next time for more ways to strengthen our roots.